0: The Incomparable, number 597, January
1: 2022. Welcome back, everybody, to The Incomparable. I'm your host, Jason Snell. And in this episode, we're going to be talking about a film released in theaters in 2021. Uh, it's still in theaters as we record this. It's Spider-Man, colon, No Way Home. It's a, it's a movie about this uh, kid who's got uh, superpowers and he has to learn that with great power comes great responsibility and uh, stuff like that, you know, Spider Man. So, uh, joining me to talk about Spider Man, Colin, No Way Home are three wonderful people. Dan Morin joins me from the Biff podcast. Hello. I've buried 14 Spider Man, Jason. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> <A> reference acknowledged. <laughs> uh, that's Chip Sutter from, you know, podcasts in
2: general. Hi, Chip. I was doing my best to come up with an Andrew Garfield reference uh, from Tick, Tick, Boom and merge it with Spider-Man. And uh, it's just one step too far for the multiverse.
1: And from uh, I Want My MCU TV, it's Kelly Gamont. Hello.
3: Hey, uh, I've got this problem in my middle back from all the Mm. swinging. Can you give me a crunch?
1: Oh, man um okay so we're going to talk spoilers uh we already have spoiled it essentially so uh if you have (laughs) why are you listening if you have not what we're not going to do one of those things where we try to convince you to see it um if you want to not be spoiled and you're waiting for it to like be on home video or whatever just don't don't listen to the rest of this podcast until uh later until you've seen it because now we're going to go into the spoilers because what i want to say is kelly that was my favorite reference in the entire thing, because as we know, Tobey <laughs> Maguire almost quit being Spider-Man because he hurt his back and he had to have back surgery. Yes. And so there's a line in the movie about his back and it's the best. That's just, you know, I love it. I love it. And Andrew Garfield, can, can we uh, how spoiled were all of you going into it? Because I figured but didn't know for sure. Whether I the saw... other Spider-Mans would be in it. I mostly
0: avoided. Well, so uh, all the villain stuff was obviously leaked ahead of, t- like, yes. even before the trailers, well ahead of that. Jamie Foxx At... posted something like a year ago. It's almost as if <laughs> it was some like, sort of a, a misdirection, yeah. right? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. uh, I will say that I, uh, maybe, I don't know, a few months back, I saw a somebody had a shot of. Toby McGuire, Andrew Garfield, and Tom Holland on like the rooftop, I think, wearing the costumes mm. but without the masks. And there was a shot of the scene with Matt Murdock. And so, both of those, wow. I was like, I saw those at the oh. time and I was like, those look, if those are faked, they are incredibly well mm. done. Like, usually you can oh, pick it out dang. and they're kind of grainy and whatever. So, I saw both of those and was like, oh, yeah, that's probably happening then. <laughs> I saw oh, none man. of them. They I saw the I I saw a lot of
2: speculation about Charlie Cox. Um oh, yeah. he's he like and, the mephisto yeah. of yeah. <laughs> yeah. But <laughs> as far as the as as far as Garfield and Maguire, uh I missed the I I missed the photos. I just saw the obsessive are they or are they not coverage in the trades.
3: Yeah. That that's where I was at was there was so much talk about it. I just, like, at some point, I just sort of ended up tuning it out. It just became sort of background noise. It was like persistent Apple rumors where I just sort of, oh, okay, whatever, people are gonna, people gonna, people. And I just sort of discounted all of it as a result of that. So uh, I didn't pay much attention to it. I never saw the Matt Murdock shot. So I was stunned when we got yeah, him. I,
1: I had only heard rumors that that might be happening but it was not anything i i mean that that's true about the the uh other spider-mans being in it too is like i didn't want to know even though i figured it was probably true um mm-hmm. and i'm surprised that i managed to make it that far right where i yeah, actually did yeah. feel like i didn't yeah. know for sure and that was pretty yeah. good
3: i didn't know until we got to the point where um it was like uh, the the portal opened, I think it was, and he says sh- like, "Take me to Spider Man or whatever," and opens the the portal, and we get the back of someone in a Spider Man, and I'm like, "That's not, <gasps> that's," and like that was that was like the first, the first inkling I had that maybe everybody had been talking about it for so long because it might be true, and I saw it opening weekend, and so th- there was like the force multiplier mm. of getting Matt Murdock. Right after the episode of Hawkeye that aired.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Almost as if that was scheduled.
3: <laughs> right. And so, like, when we got in the car, I was I went, I went with my friend and we were done with the movie. And he said, so, what did you think? And I said, it's a big week for the Netflix nerds, was kind of what I was thinking <laughs> yeah, at that it, well, moment. It was funny,
0: because, like, two weeks before the movie opened, Kevin Feige had a comment in an interview where he's like, if Daredevil ever shows up again, he'll be played by Charlie Cox. He literally mm-hmm. said that, like, in an yeah. interview. And we're like at which point i was like well i mean <laughs> it seems pretty obvious he's going to yeah. show up again it's just a question of when and probably yeah. in this movie that's coming out yeah. but as far as the big hook of this
2: thing which is the the the, the spider brothers i didn't <laughs> want to believe it <laughs> i the
3: flying spider brothers
2: <laughs> <laughs> the platypus brothers no um the the thing is i love what should have been the best picture of 2018 into the Spider-Verse so Mm -hmm. much. I wasn't prepared to accept that they were going to do it again in a different way, but do it again in live action. So I
1: was in a fair bit of denial. I yeah it's 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 good i mean this would have been mind-blowing i think if you go in not knowing anything about what's in here and i think that Mm -hmm. the the good news people is maybe not us and maybe not the people who listen to the incomparable but i actually do think the vast movie going public does not Mm -hmm. pay attention to this and Mm -hmm. um and uh, my wife's a good example of that where like she's not listening to the rumors and stuff like maybe not even watching the trailers but certainly not listening to the rumors and all that and so they got they got the real treat of it but I would say that the real surprise in this movie is not that these people are in it. The real surprise is that, well, maybe not Charlie Cox, okay, but is that <laughs> the three Spider-Man actors get time together, they A get to interact time. and they <laughs> so get much. they are important to the movie and the and this is as I know we've been talking in the slack about this Another thing that was not something I expected at all, this movie is kind of the culmination of seven other Spider-Man movies, because it <laughs> yes. actually services Tobey Maguire yes. and Andrew Garfield yeah. as well as Tom yeah. Holland. That I did not expect at yeah. all. Yeah, having
3: an yeah. arc
0: for Andrew Garfield, especially. I think. I think that is one of the. What's the emotional uh, beat of gonna, the movie? Right yeah. when he says, "Going to say the killer, yeah. the killer moment," but decided not to say that. No, um, the but it is. Yeah, exactly. I mean, having seen and and or sat through at least those movies, endured. Um, uh, you know, and there's stuff I love about them. I think Andrew Garfield is fantastic. Yeah. I really think. I think he, he was a same. good Peter Parker. His performance in this movie reminds me of why I liked those earlier movies. Uh-huh. He is just yep. really great in that role. So giving so him an opportunity to fix. What I think was kind of uh, fix is wrong, but to give some completion to that arc, I thought it was fabulous. It's it's one of my favorite moments in this entire movie. The a movie that is not about him. No, no. Oh, yeah. it, but but they're they're more than glorified cameos
2: by far. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh, they yeah. have they have story arcs. And I I saw this movie in the theaters twice, which, given the time we're recording, that sounds
1: ridiculously reckless <laughs> of me, but. I'm- I admire your bravery. I I admire your commitment to Spider-Man, Chip. Yeah. uh, (laughs) That too. Yeah. Yeah. But uh,
2: two different audiences. Um, I chose theaters that were sparsely attended, which meant I had to see it in a a real 3D the first time, and that was pain. But because of the two different audiences, what amazed me was when um, Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire showed up, the separate audiences... One of them was very much a Andrew Garfield audience, and the other one was very much a (laughs) Tobey Maguire audience.
1: (laughs) Man, I I will tell you, the moment that that he's coming down the alley, uh, that's Mm -hmm. Tobey Maguire, right, coming down the walking down the alley. My movie theater lost it. Just same lost it in a way that I have not experienced in a movie theater and I mean obviously in a couple of years but in in more than that in quite a while and it was I was like, oh yeah, and you're in a movie theater and people are like, I cannot believe what I'm seeing I loved it even though I knew what I was seeing to see it and to have it matter and I think that's probably comes part and parcel with these actors um agreeing to be in this movie right mm-hmm. is they were. They agreed to it because it wasn't just a glorified cameo. It wasn't just a silly little hand wave. It was no, you're going to be that your character from that movie at a at a at, but older and wiser, or or in the case of Andrew Garfield, it's oh, older and sadder, like older sa- and broken. <laughs> sadder and broken, and and you're going to be interacting with Tom Holland, and you're all going to grow as people by uh, understanding your common bond and. You know, and, and like it, I, that pitch, which I'm sure they gave to the actors, um, and and now that they can admit that they're in this movie, I think Toby McGuire and Andrew Garfield are both like it was a really good pitch. Like I have fond, both of them seem to have fondness for those characters. And mm-hmm. thought this was like a nice way to revisit it that mattered and wasn't just mm-hmm. a cash grab of a cameo, but like actually they were going to, as actors, be able to revisit this character in, in a way that mattered. And I just, I can't believe they did it. I still kind of can't believe that they did it because it's so yeah. well done. Well,
3: Even a moment sense. of
2: redemption of a sort for Andrew Garfield.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. It felt like the the sort of, you know the culmination, like you said, of a bunch of different movies. It felt like the the final Spider Man movie for two thirds of the Spider Man in the movie Spider-Man? Sure. Spider-Man. Spider-Man. Spider-Man's.
0: Spider-Man's. Spider Man sure Spider Man Spider Spider Man's Spider Attorney's General
3: <laughs> a, a, a flock of Spider Man I don't know. anyway so the thing about it first of all uh I I did not expect all three of them I thought we might get one but I really didn't think we'd get two and uh, I think uh to to chips point earlier i just thought people were going oh it's going to be real life into the spider verse because into the spider verse was great and so i think that like people just went now they're going to do it in real life in with with the 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 real regular movies action. and not the animation yeah the live it's action not ones real, instead of it's not real
1: life but live action i get what you're I saying know.
3: with the people one not the cartoon one and so i was really i think i just sort of decided oh people really loved into the spider-verse and this is people just really wanting another one of those as fast as they can so people are projecting onto this one that's what it's going to be so i didn't really expect it but i also didn't expect the chemistry of the three of them together uh like and and for it to be all of their movie, like you guys were saying. And I really in- like I enjoyed watching the three of them have their conversations and every combination of two Spider-Mans together. Spiders man, mm. uh, was also like super great. All the conversations that all of them had. Every Toby convers, Toby Maguire conversation was fun. Every Andrew Garfield conversation was fun. Every Tom Holland conversation with another Spider Man. All of those were great. It was so fun to watch them. And then I was just sort of sad when it was over because I'm like, who's like somebody needs to figure out how to cast the three of them in something else where none of them are Spider Man and mm. let them go because I would watch that. It was super fun. The dynamic between them and how they all work together and how they all sort of got to know each other and kind of went, this is a thing that's happening. Okay. And how (laughs) all of them reacted to it exactly as their Peter Parker would, but they all made sense together. And it was super great. It sort of reminded me of like on South Park when everybody's singing a different song and then they all fit together. It was like that.
2: So the multiversal shenanigans they're not a gimmick, and uh, and it's not a cameo. You know, it's part of the story. Uh, but this movie, as much as as thrilling it is to have these three spiders men together, hmm. it's still Tom Holland's movie, and yes. that's I, I, the 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 balance of this thing just amazes me from top to bottom. You've got your fan service, you've got your MCU, but when you get right down to it, it's. It's 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 the development of Tom Holland into the Spider-Man that's recognizable as the same kind of Spider-Man that Maguire and
0: Garfield played. I think, you know, Jason, your point about it the, being the culmination, I, uh, we were talking about it on Biff the, the other weekend. I think I likened it at that point to like, it's basically Spider-Man Endgame. Um, yeah. You know, yeah. it <laughs> takes like everything from like 20 <laughs> years worth of movies, packs it in, and somehow, again against all odds, feels like a hugely overwrought, heavy thing that should not work, right? It's like, you know, watching Mm -hmm. the Spruce Goose fly or something, and you're like, wow, it actually goes, you know? Um, And and that, I think, was the most impressive thing to me, because there were all these elements combined that felt like, you know, if you considered sort of the logicalness or, or way in which these things would fit together... It should be over uh, overindulgent or something, but it, it does seem to come together. I mean, uh, I think in the same way uh, that we were talking about the multiple Spider-Mans, we'll touch upon this, I'm sure a little bit later, but the multiple villains, like th- yeah. this was a real, uh, oh, uh, you said Spider-Man
1: three had too many villains. Hold our beer. <laughs> like <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I, I do want to talk about that because the the number, it, I feel like this is an interesting test of the theory that too many villains spoils the movie
0: it's clearly not true i mean the answer is if you do it well (laughs) that that's all it ever comes down to in storytelling is sure you can do it you just got to do it well and uh, it feels like they executed on a premise that was much better thought through than just let's throw a bunch of villains together and have them all fight Spider-Man. That right. was and, not the point. And,
1: and I, I would argue that the reason that this is not necessarily disproving—it's like it—it it, it proves the rule by succeeding at it—is because defeating the villains is not what the movie's about. Exactly on mm-hmm. multiple levels, right? Like on one level, yes, there is a fight with villains at the end, but. Of because it's yeah it's an action movie but it's really sort of about saving them and the problem is really about multiversal shenanigans being solved not about we got to punch this guy until he doesn't get up again and and that is (laughs) not usually usually the multi-villain movies it's you got to punch a lot of guys until they don't get up again and that's what the point of it is and that's not this movie actively not the point in fact punching them until they do not get up again is
0: a bad idea yeah indeed
3: what we're trying to avoid yeah
0: we're, we're we're trying to
2: redeem these characters mm-hmm. as uh as the complication that ultimately gets us to uh, the re- resolution of the multiversal stuff. But some of these villains very much get redeemed. I mean, uh, Doc Ock,
1: he's only a villain for half of the movie. Indeed, it's yeah. Um, Spider Man Two, which we revisited a couple years ago for the summer of Spider Man uh was until the latest uh wave of superhero movies the definitive i guess or one of the definitive superhero movies like there's the the original superman and tim burton batman and then like the re- redefinition of it and a lot of people said the best super movie ever made was spider-man 2 and i would argue that it that is it is a very very good movie like a real grown-up yet also superhero movie but the heart of that thing is alfred molina And Mm -hmm. to see and 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 in watching this movie, I thought, oh, the people who made this movie also think that because Mm -hmm. Alfred Molina is a tragic figure in Spider-Man, too, because he's, you know, and it's a superhero movie. He's tragically uh, taken over by his octopus appendages. All right. Anyway, Mm -hmm. whatever. Uh, And and they they fix him. And he and I think the movie thinks we're supposed to be surprised when he comes and helps save the day at the end of the movie. But I was not surprised. <laughs> no, no, we were yeah, waiting yeah. for it. He because... is a good. He is a good guy who got who who was uh, under tragic circumstances. Willem Dafoe is the Green Goblin is a little more complicated, but even there. The, the, I feel like they're trying to improve on the first Spider-Man movie and saying the the way you handle this character is that he's tragic as well because the, there's the good or at least not horrible Norman Osborn and then there's the monster and he regrets what he has done as the monster. And we get to see that in this movie and it's really a lot for Willem Dafoe to play. So Melina and Dafoe both also get... So much good stuff. And then there's Jamie Foxx, who's basically, like, finally given something decent to do. Because yeah. <laughs> he was yeah. not given anything good to do in Amazing Spider-Man 2. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. I mean, and even on top of that, you know, uh, Thomas Hayden Church and Reese Afins, who just... He gets one have... line of dialogue. Yeah. Does not <laughs> get a lot. He, well, he gets... I think he gets two. He gets one oh. when he's the lizard, I assume, in voiceover, and then he gets it's because like everybody's like, oh, can the dinosaur talk? And then he talks in the very posh, British right? That's then. right. <laughs> yeah. right. Uh, but still, he is not. I mean, uh, you know, take that character or leave that character. But Kirk Connors is also not a villain. You know, he is Indeed. a somebody else who is. They're all tragic. All these, in a way. They're all tragic, right? Don't fall into stuff, okay? That's the worst. Fall. Nothing make me laugh so, so hard good. as he like yeah Um,
2: sandman doesn't have a whole lot to do in this movie but the arc the arc is really interesting to me uh because we left him at the end of spider-man 3 uh you know in in a a decent place forgiven and all that and so he comes into the movie on spot on spider-man's side uh, up until the point when he realizes it's not his spider-man and he doesn't trust him and then he just sort of spirals for the rest of the movie until um uh, until he's transformed. But even that, I love the I love that this movie really does respect all of the ones that came before it, even yep. Amazing Spider Man two. I mean <laughs> Electro
1: comes in <laughs> looking like the blue jackass. Yeah. And and, and then gets and then, redeemed after and that. And then they say, No, we're not gonna we're not gonna do that but it is yeah it's the least respect of all of them but it deserves the least (laughs) respect of all of them so i think that's fair um but yeah it it is it is so good and restrained at doing that if i have a quibble with this movie and i do and this is it that's why (laughs) that was a weird intro because i this is what it is um the plot like i understand why it has to be this way it is a very strange idea to say we plucked these guys out of their time stream, essentially, at the moment where they're about to get killed by Spider-Man. And what what uh, Tom Holland's Peter Parker realizes is that he he's not okay with Doctor Strange putting them back to die. He uh ta- in talking to Aunt May about um about Norman Osborn, he is really thinking like we we need to try to redeem them so they don't go back and die and change their fates. And I think that's interesting and I like it and it's very idealistic and it's very Spider-Man and I think that's all fine. And the fact that it leads to, which we'll also need to talk about a little bit more, the death of Aunt May, which reveals that in some ways this whole trilogy is kind of the origin story of Tom Holland's Mm -hmm. Spider-Man, which is a nice twist because the whole selling point all along was that we didn't need to see it again and instead we saw it writ large but my 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 quibble is you go through all this effort to try and reform these guys and then you send them back and what happens then like they, they immediately die. They, I, I assume, I mean, this is the thing is like, yes. Yeah, so, okay, great. So now when Alfred Molina goes back to Spider-Man two, is he going to an alternate Spider-Man two where he's cured and he's okay? Or is he just going back to his moment of death and is his being redeemed before he dies good enough or not? And what, what I really, and I know that there's a lot in this movie there. It's so packed full. I really wanted one of those, mid or end credit sequences rather than to promote venom be at least a hint that maybe those guys got back to a better place (laughs) yeah because otherwise it's basically the equivalent of
0: spider-man giving them their last rights which is weird you got to be good with (laughs) spider-man before you move on to your (laughs) to your after (laughs) the next to the other side you're
1: stuck here forever had you received the blessing of (laughs) (laughs) spider-man It's some yeah, it's a, right. It's a, I just want. I felt like they're missing the last step, which is just the hint that maybe it did make a difference. And yeah. and and because the redemption idea is is powerful and strong, and I think any movie that's got this level of empathy for these tragic villains, and and where your hero is willing to put his life, and ultimately, it, you know, it costs Aunt May her life to, in order to live up to her ideals about them. That's all great, but I. You know, the science fictional element, well, we'll send them back and it'll be fine. It's like, well, no, I don't think it will be fine. Are are we sending Norman Osborne, who is now kind of uh, come to terms with what's going on, back to the moment that he gets impaled? Are Like, that's not that's not good.
3: That's not better. <laughs> Jason,
1: let me blow your mind. What if that already had happened in
0: that movie? What if in that moment he has always been redeemed before he died?
1: Well, again... That's kind of a bummer, (laughs) Dan. (laughs) (laughs) I wasn't
2: trying to cheer you up. (laughs) So I get where you're coming from on this, Jason. I guess, for me, if they had done that, it would have taken away from... At at that point, sending them back, the heart of the movie has nothing to do with them. It's about Tom Holland's Spider-Man. Remember him. And giving up everything he has and everything he loves and i i don't think i would have wanted the focus to shift away from him for
1: that i don't know if i'm thinking of focus but then again there's a there's a scene with with um uh with uh danny rojas from ted lasso and uh and venom (laughs) Venom that is life jason uh, like again like could i could we have done a could we have instead had a scene where uh toby (laughs) mcguire Uh, ends up back in his New York and Norman Osborn is standing next to him. That would be interesting. And They just
3: look at each other. Yeah. We didn't even need dialogue yeah. just to know they made it and back. Or, or,
1: and and Alfred what and Melina, now. right? And they're both there. Yeah. And and they're like, "Oh, I guess we're home." They're all they're all having coffee. Uh, I, I again, I just all eating a and mostly it's because I want to know that the sacrifice is worth it. And maybe that's sort of the point: is that the sacrifice uh, in order to do the right thing, it doesn't really matter. Um, you did the right thing, and then whatever else happens happens. But you did what you could. But it does feel yeah. kind of crappy if he has sacrificed all this so that he could get them all in a better headspace for them to be sent back in time and across dimensions to the moment where they're killed by spider-man
3: yeah <laughs> yeah i can see that I don't, I, mean, yeah.
0: I don't know i mean what happens to peter and yeah what happens to uh, the other peters when they go back do they remember
1: well they're having they seem killed to, them and
0: having redeemed they them?
1: seem to have been drawn from the quote-unquote present day the future yeah. In, in a way compared to the movies because they, because they didn't die unless they were about to die. Oh, oh no. no. <gasps> Maybe darker Jason. Oh Dan, that's what are more, you doing? This is depressing. the darkest timeline. It, it is. That Spider-Man. escalated quickly. It, it is Spider-Man Endgame game after all. <laughs> <laughs> it, anyway, I, that, that's my, that's my only complaint about it. Um, Really, I think that the the Doctor Strange stuff is kind of big and silly, but I'm okay with it. Like I I think the fight between Doctor Strange and Spider-Man is unnecessary. But it's uh, delightful. It is it's but fun it's also to watch. it's also kind of unnecessary. But but these are yeah. these are small quibbles in what I think is a movie that um I love it when Marvel does this to me because I I read about people who are like, oh, every Marvel movie's the same Marvel's just so boring and all that. It's like I am constantly surprised. I enjoy Marvel movies, and yet I keep going to Marvel movies and going, I can't believe how good a job they did. I can't believe how good this is, because they could phone it in and this is not this movie is not phoned in this is somebody saying I need several more phones right like we have lots of phones it's a lot of phone calls to make a lot of spider bring me pictures call. of seven spider men <laughs> I mean also I did I will say I did I did really want a moment where um, where Tobey Maguire saw J. Jonah Jameson and went oh but he's the same in all the universes <laughs> no yeah. so you actually I'll disagree yeah. with you on that point we talked about this he's way worse in this universe yeah I know but like... just just to, to, to be a non- that it's still jk simmons <laughs> yeah. right like, It's like yeah. oh that guy that guy looks the same sure he, fine he's or, a
3: toolbox right. in every timeline right but different yeah. kind the, of toolbox it didn't feel as long as it was and i know it's a long movie and i know that that somehow um you know because like i remember it being an act of revolution when lord of the rings came out and it clocked in at three hours and then people went and people what are you kidding me and now that's just sort of the norm and I feel like this movie actually at least needed it, which is kind of a, a point yeah. in its favor. Um, Two and a half hours, but it it's did not short. hustle right along.
1: Yeah, but yeah, there's a lot in it. That's it's not stretched out, right? <laughs> it's, no, no, it's yeah. packed full. Yeah, there's there's a lot in here. I mean, uh, we have we
0: have barely touched upon uh, <laughs> a large section of this movie. Yeah.
1: Let me take a brief break to tell you about our sponsor. This episode of The Incomparable is brought to you by Wix. You can take your business online with Wix, the leading website creation platform. Wix has all the tools you need to create, manage, and grow your brand. Whether you're just launching your online business or you've got a side hustle that needs its own online space, you can design a site that will showcase your brand to the fullest. Wix's wide range of solutions are currently enhancing over 200 million people's businesses online. Their ultra-smart SEO tools are designed to get your business found on search engines with faster loading times to create outstanding user experiences and payment solutions to help you boost your revenue. Plus, with enterprise-grade security built into every site you'll know you're in safe hands they look great on any device and you can manage everything from a single dashboard on desktop and mobile so you can be available anywhere at any time whether you're in the office at home or on the go do you want to get started head over to wix.com w-i-x.com and create your website today that's wix.com thank you wix for supporting the incomparable yeah we should talk about um peter and his life Um, By the way, this is a very unrealistic depiction of college uh, applications. (laughs) Somebody who's going through the college application process for my son right now. Come on. Uh, But that's okay. It's fun. Uh, Peter's life. I I mentioned this earlier, the idea that we end up with Peter in a very traditional Spider-Man uh situation and that this this trilogy can sort of be seen as his origin story because we get the moment with aunt may where uh she tells him that with great power must also come great responsibility which is powerful but i would say even more powerful is when the other two uh spider-mans echo it right like this is the lesson that we all have to learn and we're in that moment and while i was mad. Because I I like Marissa Tomei as Aunt okay. May. Me too. I also ha- I had to, I give it to the movie. I was just like, oh, this is the this
0: is Uncle Ben's yeah. sacrifice. Yeah, it cl- it kind of clicks. I, my my wife is still. I think this is the part she was the least thrilled with. Yeah, I'm still kind of mad about it too. Yeah, I mean it does. It, there's a real like tension to this because on the one hand it is so fundamental to every Spider-Man character version of that character. Yeah. Right. Yes. But on the other hand. Like, it, there, there is, you, you can't escape the element of the fridging because of the fact that it's just such a pattern built up to it, even though it's, like, still, they gave her three good movies. She's got a lot of character development. And, she's a character with a lot of agency. Like, and it's, it, her, it's just
1: her worldview that prompts yeah. him to do the thing that gets her killed, and she forgives him for it, right? It, you you can't, you, you just, I think you just struggle a little bit because it's the
0: context of what, what it is, and so there's an element of that. Right. I still think it was pretty much handled as well as it could be and i thought it was a good spin on it to to sort of have that switched up and also to have that moment where when they're all sympathizing about you know what happened to their various family members that it is different for each of them. It does sort of lock in that they're the same character. They're right. also different people. My right? dad was like, Cliff
1: Robertson. Or my uncle yeah. was Cliff Robertson. My uncle was Martin <laughs> Sheen. My my aunt was my Marissa dad, Tomei. Oh! My my dad was Campbell
3: Campbell Scott.
1: No, we don't talk about that part, Dan. That's not part of that movie that I like. <laughs> I,
3: that was part of where, like I was I felt conflicted about it because I really wanted more Marissa Tomei in the movies I know. doing her thing. Um you know, the whole thing with happy was kind of a fun sort of footnote to like everything that was going on. And I loved all of those pieces and I was I totally get why it's what went down. I get why it happened, how it happened, but I was very sad that we're not going to get more Aunt May in it because I really, I loved her and I yep. loved her influence over her timelines, Peter Parker and how She helped turn him into and how she had the same kind of influence that we've got, you know, with 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 everything else, you know, their worldview is what helped inspire Peter to go do the thing. And I loved how they flipped that on its head in this one, because there really is no Uncle Ben in the picture in this one. And so we get just aunt may and it's her holding it down and raising Peter and doing everything and having her own life that happens. And then, and now she's gone and I'm very sad about
1: it. And as somebody who's been a fan of Spider-Man since I was a little kid, I was struck by the idea that they, they inverted the story here where the classic Spider-Man story, um, he's selfish and he allows uncle Ben to die through his act of selfishness and what Aunt May does is absolve Peter because he she died because he did the right thing. It's a very different approach to with great right. power must also mm-hmm. come great responsibility. She's absolving him and reassuring him that he did the right thing. And... I, as I have for a lot cuz this Tom Holland take on Spider-Man is really different right we didn't see his origin it's only mentioned in passing he yeah. gets a suit from Tony Stark like he's got this he's in the Avengers he goes to space he does all this stuff right uh yeah. and here though this is a this is another example of like another riff on what you could tell a Spider-Man story uh with you know what tools you could use to tell that story and i think it's incredibly um, emotional and and effective yeah. to have it be that she forgives him because he did the right thing instead of it being <laughs> you were kind of a jerk and got me killed uh, yeah. so yeah I, I, I have he's, to even, he's even been up. dead for five years <laughs>
3: Yeah, all of the all of the the left turn that all of that takes and the way it hits different the way she says it to him, as opposed to what we've gotten, you know, before we got before we got it from her. I loved all of that. And I loved how it fundamentally makes this particular Peter Parker different from the other ones. But I'm still really sad that we don't get any more Aunt May because she's amazing.
0: I think there's an interesting bookend, too, here uh, in talking about uh, the sort of resetting things at the end to the Spider-Man that we traditionally know, because it's an interesting bookend to, in my mind, go all the way back to Iron Man, a movie that ended with Tony Stark declaring, I am Iron Man, Man. basically getting rid of the fact there really aren't secret identities in the MCU for the most part. And so this movie ends with him having his secret identity back and basically being pretty much the only member of the avengers assuming he is still a member of the avengers <laughs> do you well, we have a cause secret because who identity? is this guy
1: well i that's the well, thing is spider man is. everybody they knows know who peter parker spider man is. is so it, it is okay we should talk about the end state of the movie there is um, some weird yeah that it, spell makes zero sense it, it, yeah it, it's okay it's magic par for the course we've seen this in the comics it, it's 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 magic um i like the idea and I'm sure that they will navigate it as they t- do future movies. But like I like the idea that everybody knows who Spider-Man is, but nobody knows who Peter Parker is, because it does leave us in, Dan, you said it, Like it, we end up with Tom Holland's Spider-Man in a classic Spider-Man position, which is he's known by everybody, but he's kind of disliked by everybody. Right. And Peter is a loner who's sort of sad. And uh has no in this case even worse than with aunt, aunt May being dead he has no support system at least classic peter parker had aunt may to be on his side he's um, got to go and, get his and, gd and, and and yeah and and mj and and you know harry osborn or whoever his friends are in various things or or ned in this case right uh, so but still it feels by the end of the movie you're like oh yeah, now he's Spider-Man, right? <laughs> and Spider-Man like <laughs> knew the Fantastic Four, and, and so this Spider-Man knows the Avengers and stuff like that, but like, it's compartmentalized, and, and that's right. part of the brilliance of Spider-Man, I think, is that he's this amazing superhero that somehow people still don't like, which is also fascinating, and then yet his personal life is awful.
0: <laughs> yeah. Poor Pete. Poor Pete. Yeah, it's it's an interesting situation to put it into just because of and I I struggle a little bit and I saw some criticism of the decision that Peter makes at the end there. And I I understand why he makes the decision he does about not only letting Doctor Strange erase everybody's memory, but also choosing not to tell MJ and Ned. But at the same time, you sit there thinking, A, it's a bad decision. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, and and B, I mean, I you know, I, I came out of this and I had like having gone see it with my wife and a couple cousins, uh, and one of them was like very upset about this. Uh, and I was like, Well, I mean, if it were the end, if this was the last Tom Holland Spider Man movie, I too would be very disappointed yeah. <laughs> with that state of affairs. Clearly, it is not. It is simply the intro to the next chapter of the story we're in. Tell at some point. Because if you are if you're feeling like okay we're gonna have less Jacob Badalon and less Zendaya in our movie, then you don't deserve to be in charge of making movies because <laughs> Zendaya is is a box office smash, right? Mm-hmm. Like, uh, and their their chemistry on and off screen is so good that like having them not be interacting with each other would be ridiculous. So I fully assume at some point in the future there is a revelation. Uh, combined with possibly Peter getting punched in the face. Right, cause, yeah, cause... because she, make, she makes him promise that he's yeah. going to
2: come back to yeah, her. Yeah. Before. Yeah. So the implied consent is right there. Um, but he doesn't do it because at the moment she's semi-happy and it's not like he's going to be able to successfully explain it. And... He's Spider-Man and everybody around him when he is Spider-Man is at risk. So it's yeah. the it, it is the classic we're, we're not in the comic book world where um, Spider-Man marries Mary Jane and she's an actress and model and he's fabulously rich or he's got a, a, a corporation. You know, you, you're distilling Spider-Man down to the essence and there's time to bring MJ mm. back into the picture. Someday,
1: I'd argue even that one of the less uh trod upon story areas of Spider-Man is what happens after high school. Like, I feel like in the comics, especially, you've got your origin story. This is why the origin story gets told again and again, right? It's like he's a young superhero who is figuring out his powers, and and he's disaffected from the world, and he's a it's a metaphor for being a teenager, and all those things. And then you've got kind of eternal present Spider-Man of the comics which is like he's been around forever but it you know we don't say how long that really is um and he's a good chunk of that time in college yeah and he knows everybody (laughs) and all that but like there is this how does spider-man go from being the kid to being a grown-up who just does this and this is his life and and it's like is he gonna go to college how does he get a job DailyBugle.com, <laughs> i guess it's hiring But whatever whatever it is um i like the idea of this tom holland version of spider-man who we've seen for three movies and by, by the way tom holland very youthful looking guy but third movie in time to move on from the high school time frame. He doesn't
2: have to do it anymore.
1: It's good. Good call because he is even youthful. Tom Holland does not look like he belongs anywhere near high school anymore. Uh, (laughs) So I want to see that. I want to see that next era of Tom Holland's, uh, life as peter parker because i think there's a lot of interesting stuff there about like what do you do now that you're kind of on your own i mean it is metaphorical for like going out on your own he's he's had a magic spell erase all knowledge of him from the universe but it's a metaphor i, I get it 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 could be very very interesting i he's do agree first apartment I, and That's i good. think <laughs> job. and i think maybe that scene with mj and ned at the end is kind of him executing compassion right which is i don't need to mess the their lives up right now i need to get my own stuff together first
0: that makes mm-hmm. any sense yeah i mean that's a possible read to it i think it will all depend on the execution of whatever sure. story follows this right but it, it is it is a tricky moment because it, i agree with chip like he he promised and he you know is taking the decision out of their hands at this point but in a traditional spider-man fashion it's because he is still trying to do what he thinks is right which right. is you know <laughs> Maybe, maybe not very uh, uh, reassuring to them when they eventually find out the truth. But uh, at the same time, entirely
1: consistent with who he is. Um, I wanted to uh, bring up Doctor Strange again. <laughs> um, <laughs> Doctor Strange. I so, love him. So I, I, I like Doctor Strange. I like the Doctor Strange movie. He's been in Avengers movies. and Now here he is as the, um, the, the major. Uh, character loaned to Sony to dead. tie it in the Marvel universe. Yeah, exactly right. Um, it is kind of fascinating how this plot. So my understanding is that this movie was originally going to be released after the Doctor Strange sequel. Mm-hmm. Um, they they changed it. And I think they had to change things in the plot. There is a fascinating scene in the trailer for this movie Yeah, where Wong says, do not do that spell. And in the movie, Wong is like, you know, just be careful. <laughs>
0: Yeah, uh, well, because yeah. It, it, that that trailer scene makes no sense, right? Because it makes it makes Stephen look like a real jerk, right? And I, I yeah. think even though he is a real jerk, he's also not an idiot. Uh, yeah, and that felt a little too like yeah, I'm going to do this stupid thing anyway, like a little too, maybe Tony Stark. uh, And I was glad that they did not play out the way it did in the trailer because like Wong doesn't just say don't cast. He's like, that could have terrible, but it's like a bad idea. Don't do it. All these reasons. And he's like,
3: man, I'm going to do it anyway because I'm
0: I'm Dr. Strange. I'm not even the sorcerer Supreme anymore on a technicality. Yeah. Uh, Side note. I'm really
2: enjoying the Wong Renaissance.
0: (gasps) Yeah. Yeah, yes. Ben, ben Wong is really, I mean, he's popped up in a lot of the movies. In fact, he's probably one of the most consistent appearances yeah. over the last couple of years. And it's great because he is fantastic.
1: He's like the glue. He's like uh, like Happy him. was a little bit before. Right. He's like the glue yeah. of the MCU right now where Wong is, uh, is covering a lot of ground. I don't know. I'm... Uh, excited about the Doctor Strange multiverse movie. I think it's interesting Me that I, I think that this their original plan was that that movie was the cause and that the Spider-Man movie was the effect and now mm-hmm. they've changed it so the Spider-Man movie is the cause. That makes a lot more sense because
0: the whole bit where, I and I love it, it's a funny bit, but when he's like, you didn't call them and ask them to reconsider you immediately thought i'll come ask a wizard to cast a super really dangerous spell
1: is funny because it's it is really dumb yeah (laughs) like why would that be your first thought yeah well you know he has he's a he's an idea guy that peter parker he's really got ideas but i I, um by the way did anybody notice the the um there's a there's a guy in the uh in the coffee shop at the end and it's got to be a cameo and I don't know who it is, mm-hmm. but I was thinking it might be Sam Raimi. And I only think that because one of the things that's really interesting as a quirk about this is that Sam Raimi, who directed the first three Spider-Man movies with Toby Toby Maguire, is the director of Doctor Strange and the Multiverse mm-hmm. of Madness. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like that's, a good point. that's so weird, right? Like, but he was but he was over there and now he's over here. And it's <laughs> I don't know. That's uh it's a very very funny little thing that he's uh he's directing a Marvel movie right at the same time that Tobey Maguire reappears as, as Peter Parker <laughs>
3: yeah. it didn't feel like they had had to make any sort of last minute changes to this one like they'd had to shoot around something in particular or somebody wasn't available or any of the other because sometimes when we get when we find those things out later it sort of highlights the thing that maybe you know we were on the show talking about it and you know that felt a little creaky or that didn't quite work as well as maybe they thought it did and i don't remember really hearing anything about this one so i i i didn't ever have a point when i'm like they must have had to change something because of release schedules or or you know um plot line you know plot not working anymore because of something else that happened or whatever so i didn't really feel any of that with this like i sort of sometimes get a furniture moving vibe from sometimes other things i
1: definitely wonder about the fact that they've got all of the snow or whatever inside the sanctum sanctorum Mm -hmm. if that was supposed to be a thing that happened at the end of the Doctor Strange movie mm-hmm. <laughs> that they were cleaning up, and now it doesn't really make sense. And they just inserted some lines. It it happens. Like I I, I agree with you, Kelly. It it felt. Not knowing anything about that stuff until afterward, it felt fairly natural. The trailer part, I was like, "Oh, I noticed that they changed it," but they did a pretty good job of yeah. trying to keep these things in line. And they know that they, I think, have to be flexible as as uh, as dates move around. Uh, anyway, it was nice to see Doctor Strange again and to, to put him in that uh, the relationship with Peter, where it's like, "Ah, oh, we we are we are peers. Call me Steven. and then very quickly, it's like, "No, that's no. You're just a <laughs> dumb kid. Don't <laughs> wait. Don't. No, no, I, I mean, take it all back." There there's so much
2: geniality and mutual respect at the beginning. And then Peter screws up the spell. Yeah. <laughs> and that's just it. So I love that it's sort of the reverse arc of a buddy cop movie. Mm-hmm. Um where they where Steven's just about in- it like that. increasingly frustrated, increasingly upset and then gets dumped into the mirror dimension for uh o- over the grand canyon for it's like, days hours however much it's,
0: it's not just a buddy cop movie it's like the reverse of like turner and hooch where at the end he's like oh wait you're a dog yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah
1: i missed that whole part like yeah right dog <laughs> right on ahead um we talked about the villains a little bit i really like the way that The Green Goblin gets reintroduced on the bridge. I mean, Bridges in Manhattan has Mm -hmm. been a feature of (laughs) Spider-Man movies and other media forever. Um, I like that, that we see him... And that laugh, which is so iconic. I also like that he ends up smashing the helmet and leaving it in an alley because <laughs> there is that classic moment that I know I've complained about before in, in the first Spider-Man movie where Spider-Man with his immovable mask is talking to the Green Goblin with his big plastic helmet, and it's like you're watching an episode of the Power Rangers because you can't see any <laughs> mouths moving, and it might as well just all be dubbed in dialogue. And they the makers of the again, the makers of this movie are well aware of what worked and didn't work in previous. Spider-Man movies and so they get that out of the way as quickly as they can it's also an homage to like
0: doesn't he throw his uh, he throws the costume
1: uh Spider-Man in throws the costume in, in the, in the trash alley can. in the trash can mm-hmm. yeah oh yeah it's all, can. it's all it's all in there but it means that we don't have to deal with the Green Goblin helmet for the rest of the movie which is good and mm-hmm. like I like I said before I really like uh, the care of it um there is no way to read what is in the original Spider-Man as that Norman Osborne is a good guy. He's not a good guy. He's kind of an awful guy. But even so, what happens to him is terrible. And one of the brief moments of lucidity that he has, he does become that tragic figure. And I really like the fact that this movie took that and gave Willem Dafoe a lot to work with, where we get to spend some time with tragic Norman Osborn, who, again, may not be a great guy, but is horrified by what has happened since he injected himself with the goblin formula. Um and and just I wasn't expecting that at all. I wasn't expecting him to have scenes with Marissa Tomei that are that are good. And mm-hmm. it, it gave me a for old Star Trek fans, it gave me kind of an Edith Keeler vibe where she's like wow. I'm like, Oh <laughs> wow. no, oh no. Uh but it was it was really good. And then and then I I, I so Defoe and then I, I just want to say it to Melina like God, Alfred Molina is so important to this movie, just like he is to Spider-Man Two. He's, he in some ways, he's kind of the heart and soul of this movie, where he's like giving his um, approval to to uh, for this Spider-Man to go on and do the right thing. Like, I, I just, I, I, I'm beside myself about how those two guys are treated, because again, I really thought they were going to play the hits and get off stage, and instead, they gave them both. They knew what worked well about those characters and they gave the actors a lot to play with based on that. And like it could have been so much more surface level. Totally.
2: Uh William Defoe is not generally my cup of tea. Um, you know, he, he is he is a scenery chewer par excellence. And that's why the uh, mouth and the mask is so big. Yeah. yeah. You gotta fit the scenery yeah. in there. <laughs> gotta fit um it. but but he is he, he's still recognizably the Spider-Man one character, but further refined. Um, still yeah. just as big, but further refined. Um, Alfred Molina, we've been talking about him so much, but I am so glad that we do get that scene between him and Tobey Maguire. Um, that, mm-hmm. it's, yeah. it's brief, but
1: it is touching. Um, right, because his uh, relationship with Peter... Is so charming in Spider Man Two, and yeah, and that's one of the reasons it's so tragic what happens to Doctor Octavius is that he he kind of fancies Peter as a protege, and he's really going somewhere, mm. and then of course it all he dies. It's terrible. So yeah, I agree, hundred percent. Yeah, um, but,
2: uh, and but I keep coming back to uh, uh, Tom Holland. You know, um, yeah. Is he the best Spider-Man? I kind of think he is. And I was arguing... I I think I remember arguing back when we covered the Andrew Garfield movies that I think I preferred Andrew Garfield at the time. And don't get me wrong, Garfield's having one hell of a year. (laughs) Um, Tick, tick, boom is remarkable. Um, And he has so much charisma in this one. But... uh, But... Tom Holland goes from a little callow and a little selfish um and in the end he's completed the transformation from Iron Boy to Spider-Man. Hmm. Hmm. Um and uh, and uh, and he's just he's got the franchise on his shoulders for as long as he wants it.
3: Yeah. I think I saw somebody had characterized it as like Toby Maguire was the best Peter Parker and mm. andrew garfield mm. was the best spider-man oh, and boy. that tom holland is the best both like take issue with that but the way to but characterizing <laughs> it as one oh uh, <laughs> like being the better one than the other like i could see that now which is which is is an exercise for the listener but because i kind of take issue with it too but like the fact that some of them were like like one of them was was better at one than the other like that was just to me that was kind of an interesting way to to sort of see it broken down but uh i really enjoyed andrew garfield in this one and i think part of it was just that he uh i felt like it sort of helped uh i don't know bring justice to, to like his time in the suit, yes. sort of like I felt like he's like it wasn't just redemption of Spider Man, it was like redemption of like this particular like this particular set of movies that that sort of gets looked down on and that nobody yep. really wants to discuss and all of that and like when given a chance in the right circumstances and and all of that like his like I would watch three more Andrew Garfield Spider Man movies if they were kind if they were more like this one and less like the ones that actually exist. <laughs>
2: I'll still defend uh, Amazing One to uh, the end of days. I, yeah, me too. I, uh, yeah, it's a good movie. Uh, but I think yeah, that. But
3: then they I, made two more. No, I, they I, only I, made one more. Just, just they weren't one, allowed was, to make that the was enough. First one. That was one enough. More.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I fought a big guy in a rhino suit. Um, the uh, I, th- I I want to go a little meta here. I think that this movie is not just great vindication for Andrew Garfield, Spider-Man. I think it's great vindication for Sony and Spider-Man and Amy Pascal. I mean, the previous two Spider-Man movies felt like Kevin Feige, Marvel product. Um, This one, by drawing in the stuff from the Sony movies and leaving the movie at the end where, You frankly could do more Spider-Man movies without intersecting with the Marvel Universe ever again. Uh, Tom Holland's Spider-Man is the classic loner now. But this, I don't know what happened behind the scenes and how this movie was written or anything else like that. But this felt like Sony's Spider-Man
0: to me, not Marvel's, if that makes any sense. Well, but they're building, I mean, to me, the foundations of the MCU are what made these Spider-Man men, Spider-Man's movies so much of a success was the, not just the tie-ins with the characters who appeared, but also capitalizing on the tone of the MCU. Um, And I think in some ways, Spider-Man, you know, he's of course always been part of the Marvel Universe in the comics. uh, And Spider-Man himself is a character who tends to have, you know, he's very quippy Etc., which is very much of the vein of the MCU. Um, I have not delved into the Venom movies. I don't have a ton of interest in that character. Uh, we'll see whether or not they force me to have an interest in that character. <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, I, I take what you're saying, Chip. But at the same time, I think the the true strength of this is really the bridging of those two together, like being able to bring the Sony stuff and the MCU stuff to bear in the same movie, which they're literally doing here. Sure. Um, I, uh, I think they, I think it'd be a hard, a little tricky to divorce it entirely, but I agree that it doesn't need, feels like maybe it's training wheels, right? Like you got, you had a Tony Stark and you had Nick Fury and you had Stephen Strange and they all sort of like are pushing Tom Holland on his little bike with training wheels. Now he can, he can bike on his own. Now he doesn't need them. Yeah. With
2: the, with the Disney plus series, with Eternals and Shang Chi, I feel like we are really getting to a point where Marvel's house style, you know, which was already uh, a questionable phrase given Guardians of the Galaxy and Doctor Strange, you know, the house style is breaking apart enough that I think that Spider Man could work pretty much on its own, and and the Sony mold and all that stuff, and that's okay. I mean. This is a planet that's got a giant celestial statue in the middle of the ocean. Now, it's true. Um, everything has everything
1: is
3: spoilers. sort of changed. <laughs> yeah, spoilers. For I'm the Eternals. only one who
0: hasn't seen the
1: Eternals. <laughs> fine. That's okay. It's not really an important point. You'll you'll know it when you see it. It's fine. It's fine. Sorry. <laughs> watch it. I'm gonna watch it in like three days. Chip, yeah. give me a break. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, I I I agree about the sort of. Um, bridging of the gaps the, the bridging of the of, of the chasm between what came before I mean Amazing Spider-Man 2 performed so badly on all levels that they went Sony went to Marvel and said okay let's talk let's let's cast a new spider-man and integrate it with the mcu because what we're doing is not working and uh and so to have this movie say and here is andrew garfield and here is toby Maguire, uh, it's special in being a celebration of the character but it also is a kind of a coronation of tom holland and saying you're the guy you are the one who's in this world that's weird and has magic and all this other stuff that we don't quite understand but also uh it's 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 your life and you're just at the start of it. We're further down the road, but you're right at the start of this adventure and so it is that the movie itself is bringing by the old uh spider mans to go to the new spider man and say um you know we we've been where you were, and you're gonna be fine, and you know you're doing a great job, <laughs> keep it up kind of thing like uh, because Tom so, Holland is uh, very good, and it's just that he needs to move on to the next phase of his life, which is where he's going next. Yeah. Obviously, and it, and it doesn't. I think what's nice about, it, at least based
0: on that that post credit scene, is that it feels like they're not trying to shoehorn this into the same universe as their many other properties that no. they've been doing. Indeed, which which I appreciate because I don't want to have to see those movies
1: mm-hmm. <laughs> right like, right i might i watch them if i want to but the, i don't want to feel compelled the post-credit <laughs> sequence like literally uh brings in venom from the venom movies and then makes him go away again yeah, although he leaves it. a little bit he of himself symbiote, behind
3: but I, uh, yeah. yeah
1: but that would be like mcu venom as opposed to venom He's venom. really upbeat and also quippy it's weird it could be yeah could be so uh yeah it it, i felt relieved by that too like maybe i've heard people actually uh, there is a school of thought about those movies and i haven't seen them either that they're big loud and dumb and fun and that may be the case and the the morbius movie is coming and that's related to those and that i actually think that that trailer looks kind of (laughs) good but maybe it's just me uh so they're trying to build like sinister six plus a few not without spider-man which is very weird but they're trying to do it and more power to them but i like the idea that like they're maybe actually going to keep them apart yeah they're one universe over it's fine they're they're (laughs) they're they're doing that um before disappoints
3: me because i want spider-man and deadpool to hang out in a movie and i really want to see that and if if, well, that's an
1: entirely
0: different universe. <laughs> yeah, Deadpool. Deadpool is owned by Disney, so they can do that if they want. They could.
3: I know, but they haven't yet, and I want them to. And I—that's one of my big disappointments in the IP piece of this particular saga—is that we may not ever get to see that happen. And I don't mm-hmm. think I'm the only person who would like to get to see that happen. So I
1: haven't seen
0: the Deadpool movies either. I've seen one of them. Um, Same here. <laughs> uh, oh, you guys! Ryan, Ryan Reynolds is really good, though, and I feel yep. like if they want to bring him back, they should definitely do it, and that could work in any way because Deadpool is basically incredibly meta and
1: bizarre. And so. commenting on it, yeah, exactly right. Yeah, you could, you could. If exactly they're smart, right. they will absolutely do that at some point. Right, right. that Deadpool yes. will be commenting on the MCU. <laughs> Yeah. yeah,
2: painfully enough, <laughs> PG thirteen is really my sweet spot for superhero stories mm. uh with specific exceptions. Um I, this stuff is this stuff is hitting me at the right level right now. Mm. Um and um and this was this is my favorite Marvel movie in a long time.
1: It was uh it was really good. And and credit to Marvel and Sony for working together. Remember there was that time when they weren't gonna do any more collaborations yeah, together sure, and they're yeah. gonna take the ball yeah. and go home. Whew, that didn't happen. Um I guess they could have made a version of this movie, but it would have been really weird. Um, I want to before we go, if there's anything that people haven't talked about that they want to mention, now would be a good time. I will start by saying that one of my favorite things in this whole movie is the fact that they keep referring to Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man as amazing. Um, yes, yes. Because the, he yeah. was in the Amazing Spider-Man, was it made me laugh so much. It's like I get, I get you, movie, I get you. And also, they refer to him as Peter Three, which he is offended yep. by in the classic conundrum of who is Universe A and who is Universe <laughs> One. He ends up being Peter Three. It doesn't seem fair. No, it doesn't, oh, Peter. It doesn't. The
0: fact that we have to, we have the conversation that we need to have about the organic web shooters from
2: Tokyo Oh War. Yes. Yes. yes, I loved
1: it. You? Did they just come out? He's like, yeah. yeah don't you you guys Whoa! do they
0: come out anywhere else
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> that was that, good i, I will oh, add to that so
0: good. the uh, the uh, when, <laughs> when when tom holland tries to convince them that he should be in charge because he was an avenger and they're like wow you're an avenger
3: what is, what is that,
0: is that? <laughs> Is that a band? <laughs> yeah, and Andrew Garfield is so excited that he might be in a band. Like maybe he's cool. <laughs> he was so
3: y- yeah. Could be. He really wanted that to be true. I loved it. Yeah,
0: I I don't know. It's to me. Yeah, there are some really great little Easter egg moments. There are many more that I'm probably not remembering. Um, I will add. Yeah. We did mention Matt Murdock, obviously, but the scene where he catches a brick. <gasps> uh, yeah. I a mean, really, he's a yeah, very good lawyer. A very good lawyer. Somebody pointed. I think when we were talking about on um, Biff guy and John pointed out that like peter is like getting ready to catch it because like obviously (laughs) he he is is. (laughs) and and He's weirded out that Matt catches it first. <laughs> um, that was very good. And then another really just great moment is that when, just when Doctor Strange does the punch Peter out of his body, but the Spider Sense keeps holding the thing away from Doctor Strange. <laughs> yeah. It's just a weird moment that they don't really explain. But also, if you know Spider Man, you like you figured it out. You know why There are even happening. some of
2: the wavy things from Steve the Ditko's things, yeah. art yeah. around his head mm-hmm. shimmering yeah. when he mm-hmm. comes back in there.
0: Yeah, that's yeah. pretty good.
3: I loved the nods and I loved that even like, I'm sure there are some of them that flew right over my head, but I also loved that um, if you didn't know any of that, if you didn't know any of those things that you still had a really enjoyable movie, even if you, you know, even if you weren't like, "Eh, get it, Eh," you know, and that I think is, is part of its appeal because like if you miss some, it doesn't matter. And there's no like, you know, this is a big important thing from another movie that you didn't watch, and now you have no idea what's going on for the whole third reel. Like, none of that ever happened in this one. So right. the balance of, like, the Sony and Marvel, the balance of all the spiders man the balance of all of the villains, and all of the villains and all of the spiders man and having all of that work super well and be really entertaining and be a good time and have all of these things happening at once but still not ever really feel overwhelmed by it was the part that I thought was was really great cuz sometimes like you watch one of those like I've watched some movies with like fight sequences where I'd like, I'm tired at the end of it because every cut is a fraction of a second. And the whole third reel is just this one long battle, but there's not a long take in any of it, you know, not a long shot of anything. So you've kind of no idea what's going on and just feel wore out by the end of it. So this one, uh, like I felt like I was keeping up the whole time and had a really good time doing it. And, you know, and I, and I got to spend, some time in a movie theater and have a lovely time out in a theater in the world, which was pretty great because it was a very small theater and everybody was masked up and everything. And so it was fine. And like all of the, the pieces of it, I thought worked really well. And given what we've seen from Spider-Man movies in the past, like that wasn't necessarily a guarantee. And so it was really nice to be super entertained by all of it and have it be a really good time.
2: I just realized that with the Tobey Maguire's back gags in Spider-Man 2 and in this movie, um, I just realized that spiders are invertebrates, so there's probably some irony there. <laughs>
1: if only he could lose his back, uh, I, he wouldn't have those I, problems.
0: Irony man, please.
2: Yeah,
1: he did. He did. Yes, that's true. There is the, I'm back, I'm back, my back, my back in Spider-Man 2. But like to bring it back here, like, oh, uh, I need to work on my back a little bit. It's just like, it's so good. Uh this movie yeah I mean for those who who are still listening and haven't seen it uh we've given everything away but like it's joyous it's it's fun it is it is if I have complaints about the original Sam Raimi Spider-Man movies is that they're they are in a, a tone with the Steve Ditko Stan Lee 60s comics in that Peter's kind of a a a a downer a wet blanket kind of a sad mm. sack Um, this movie, Peter, bad things happen to our friend, Peter Parker, and he ends up in a very difficult situation at the end where nobody knows who he is. And, uh, and that's difficult. And his friends are going off to college without him. Um, and yet it's, and his, he loses his aunt and it's very sad. And yet the movie is sort of like his friends, his, his other Peter Parkers are there with him to provide him help and advice and wisdom when he needs it. And it just makes me smile thinking about it, that they pulled this off and had it be uh, a, a movie that redeems Electro and the Green Goblin and Doc Ock and Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield, especially Andrew Garfield Spider-Man, who really did need a little bit more because he never got his mm-hmm. third movie. Um, it just yeah, it's a little little bit of a miracle. All right. Well. Uh, go see it, uh, or 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 it'll be on home video eventually. Yeah. Although people are seeing it, it's doing very well at the movie theater. So Sony's like letting it ride, and like we'll we'll get it put on digital I- eventually. I think I saw today that it was maybe at the end of February yeah. it will be showing up. Yeah, so. they didn't announce yeah, it for I, quite a while because it's doing I, really well in the theaters. But yeah,
0: it'll be. I, okay, I you watch. know, and I, I don't want to encourage anybody to see it to the detriment of their health. It's just a movie; you can wait. It'll be fine. Yeah, uh, but I mean, it is a good movie. But yeah, don't don't it, put yourself. It is. <laughs> Yeah, i went movie. to the movie theater and even i was like i got there and i bought tickets and i thought oh there's only a few people in this movie theater there are way more people than i expected yeah but
1: i <laughs> yeah. was there and i was like well i'm we not did. gonna leave now no <laughs> all right uh well anyway if you haven't seen it then uh see it when you're comfortable and uh you'll love it and if you have seen it i hope you enjoyed our conversation about it let me thank my panelists for being here again once more chip sutter thank you Three is the magic number. Ah, so good. (laughs) Kelly, come on. Thank you.
3: (laughs) That was what I was going to say. Thanks so much for having me.
1: And Dan Morin, thank you. You're amazing, Jason. Stay with me. You're amazing. (laughs) Amazing. And uh, thanks to all of you amazing, uh, friendly neighborhood listeners out there. We will see you next time.